0: so uh thank you all for coming so what we're going to try and do is we're going to have um, it's a follow-up of sorts it's not a complete follow-up but it's a partial follow-up um somebody called me last night uh somebody from uh from out of town and they uh asked me a child about a restaurant that they were opening up where the restaurant happens to be right next to a uh, an apartment a residential place and the people who live next door were all upset that uh, there was now going to be um, a lot of noise. What they anticipate was going to be a lot of noise, being disruptive to what's going on, whatever mm-hmm. they wanted to uh, to do. And uh, the person wanted to know whether or not he has any responsibility towards these neighbors or does not, a whole discussion related to, to that. And I said, oh, that makes for a good topic. Maybe we'll do that on, uh, on Thursday or maybe we'll do that tomorrow night, meaning tonight then when I went back, I started to look into the Shiloh, I said, hmm, a lot of those Mara sound familiar, why does it sound so familiar? So I went back a few months, as you all know, I have the attention span and the memory of a flea, and it turns out that a number of months ago, we did a similar type of Shiloh. So I thought for a few minutes, maybe we could just do it again and nobody would remember, but knowing all of you, you would probably remember. So I I might forget, but you guys would not. So uh, I was off to the uh, to research again, back to square one, to go back to go without collecting $200 to figure out what we we're going to discuss. And I saw a Shiloh also related to something we talked about, but it has uh, a very interesting application and interesting related I- ideas to it. So I said, you know what, this makes for a good topic and we're going to do this tonight. So with that introduction, if I could find it. So it's something which is, relevant specifically for this week. It's so a Shiloh which only applies this week out of the entire year. And since this is the week, and I saw it this week, so we're going to go ahead and we are going to do it. Let me just make all of my adjustments about the screen. Okay, so you can see on the top over there, the topic is fulfilling Shnayim Mikra with Az Yasher from Sukkot Ezebrak. In other words, as we talked about a few weeks ago, so there's an obligation every week to do Shnai Mikavecha Targum, to do the Pesukim twice with the uh, translation once. And now the Shaiyons, let's say it was a very busy week for you, and you fell behind. And by the time you get to Shul Shabbos morning, so you're only short uh, uh, a small way through the Parsha, and you're worried because, I don't know, there's a family simcha or something, and you're not going to be able to have much time to learn. So can you have in mind when you're saying is Imra and you're reading Az Yasher Kedek that count towards one of your Shanaim Mikras, one of your two times reading the Pesuket? So as I said, it's something which relates to Shanaim Mikra, which we talked about a few weeks ago in Parsha Shmos. And now it's more specific than that because it's specifically this week when we're reading Az Yashir because this is the only week out of the year that this Shiloh arises. Okay, so let's see what uh, we have over here. And as I said, there's some interesting halachas in interesting... Well, 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 not quite. We also read Az Yashir on the seventh day of Pesach. Right, but we don't do Schneid Mikr for that. That's what we talked about a few weeks ago that we don't do Shnai Mikra for the, for the Antif readings. But yes, you're you're correct that we do it, uh, read it then also. Okay, so uh, so this is going to be based on, as we will see, two different tshuvas by Rav Asher Weiss. Hopefully it's a name that you're familiar with, because we've done a number of uh, tshuvas from him before. But he goes at, and he points our attention to the following halacha. So this already is pretty far into the simen on Schneimikra. Where he says, Shokhnach says that Milande Tinokos, HaParsha bishavis. So somebody who teaches Chumash, in the, the in the Gemara, and Shokhnach, are referring specifically to a teacher of children, but somebody who teaches children, and obviously, as we're going to see in the Mishabura, we're talking about where he reviewed the Parsha with them over the course of the week. So if he went over the parsha with his students over the course of the week, he does not have to go out of his way and do on top of that shnei mikveh He fulfills his obligation of reviewing the parsha with the teaching that he does to the uh, to his students. And the mishabur explains, make it a little bit bigger. Sorry. So mishabur explains that Vidafka, So he says this is only true. This halacha, which is mentioned in Chazal and whatnot. Is dafka Mehem This only holds true in the time of Chazal. Where they would study the translation of the Psukim together with the students as well. So it was a very thorough teaching. And therefore, since they were doing the Psukim with the correct translation, so being that they translated. Accurately and precisely, each and every word. So, in that way, they fulfilled the obligation to go ahead and do targum as well. Especially when targum was the was the spoken language, so then it was a lot easier for them to understand. Like we said in Sebais, but if like we do nowadays, where if you're studying the Chumash, oftentimes all they do is simply translate the word. It's not the Targum, it's not the unklus that they're studying. It's not even necessarily Rashi that they're studying. But they might just be studying the translation. So then, lo yasa de Targum. So then that does not, just translating the words into English, does not fulfill the obligation of Targum. El hashnei mikra. All you could get credit for, if you study Chumash the way most of us do, is the two times that you're reading the Pesukim. Because I guess even in the Mishabura side, which is amazing, that uh, uh, undoubtedly, so the teacher each and every week, he went through all of the parsha, the entire parsha, with his students at least twice. Therefore, teachers in the time of the Mishabura would only have to go ahead and read the Targum afterwards. But in terms of the double reading that they did, so that certainly is good enough to fulfill their obligation of reading the Psokim. So in other words, what we're going to see from here, what Ravasha Weiss is going to demonstrate from here, is that you, you can sort of be doubling up on what you're doing. So not only are you teaching, but at the same time that you're teaching, so that could also be used to fulfill your own personal obligation of reviewing the Parsha each week, and that would be perfectly acceptable. And therefore... He says, writes Rav Asher Weiss, and he says, "Bemasha that which you write." So now we get to our question: What about using Psukita Zimra to go ahead and fulfill your obligation of Shnai Mikra? So you want to just save some time? So I'll, since anyways I'm going to be saying Psukim deZimra, so can I go ahead and read the Shnai so Mikra, the Psukim of Shnai Mikra? Um, while I'm saying Pesukim to Zimra, and double down, du- double uh, double dip, as it were, with the reading of those Pesukim. <im> Is that something that you could do, that while I'm saying Pesukim to Zimra, I will have in mind that this will fulfill my obligation to read these p'sukim, uh towards Shanaim Mikra, because the reason why it makes sense you should be able to do so, explains Rav Asher Weiss, is Because it shouldn't be any worse than the that we just read. That teachers fulfill their obligation of Shanay Mikra with what they ta- with what they taught to their students. And therefore, just like what a teacher teaches to, to his students is good enough to fulfill the obligation of mikra. so too what you say in Psyche de Zimra should also be just as good to yeah. to be counted towards your obligation of shnaymikra i i don't know it doesn't seem like the same to me because well because when when you're doing it as part of psuk dezimra, you you're really you're you're saying words without necessarily concentrating on the meaning um yes so that's true for Pesuchia to Zimra. Some people actually do Shnai Mikra in the same way. <laughs> oh, 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 I see. Okay. They read through the Pesuchia, and many people read through the Aramaic, certainly, and they have no idea what they're saying. Well, right. But the Malam de Tino code, when they when they teach the kids, they have to be concentrating on the meaning. That's true. That's true. So yeah. you, you're suggesting that may, there may be a difference in terms of Kavana. Yeah. Okay, so let's see. So, r- believe it or not, Rav Asher Weiss also is uncertain of what he just said. That's what we have in the next paragraph. So he says, Be'emes, he says, The truth is, My heart also is uncertain about whether the two cases, the case of the teacher who's teaching the psukim, and the case of saying psukim, whether or not they're exactly the same. Why should there be a difference? The shiny, maybe the teachers are different because Because at least over there when you have a Chumash teacher who's teaching his students the Parsha of the week, so the reason why he could fulfill his obligation of Shanaim Mikra is because both of them are Talmud Torah. There's Talmud Torah, there's the teaching of Torah to your students, the studying of Torah with your students, and then there's the studying of the Torah of Shanaim Mikra. So you could use one act of studying Torah to apply to another act of studying Torah because it's all studying Torah. So as, as long as it's all within the category of studying Torah, maybe that's why it's going to work. Aval, Krishi sayam bitfila, but when we're talking about saying "Az Yashir is part of Suku is part of davening. so Tfila, velotamud. So that is a prayer that is praise of God, and that is not Talmu Torah. That's not Torah study. So Torah and Torah, so you could go ahead and you could double dip in one reading of the Pesukim could count towards two different Talmud Torahs. But to take the reading of a pasuk which is davening and say that this davening is now also going to be learning, who says that davening and learning that they coexist like that, that you could use one on behalf of the other? Maybe davening is one one kavana type of thing, as like you're saying, Art. Maybe davening is one type of kavana, learning is another type of kavana, and they don't overlap in a way where you could fulfill one or the other or whatever it is. Maybe that doesn't work. But he says, even though there is that distinction to be made. However, despite the fact that one could argue that there's a difference between fulfilling your, your obligation of shnay Mikra by teaching children and fulfilling your obligation of shnay Mikra by reading psukim as part of uh, psuket zimra, nonetheless, he says, I think that, that that's not enough of a distinction that's going to make a difference halachically. Seems to me that Nira Diyatza. I think that if you have in mind when you say az yashir this coming Shabbos morning that it should count towards your sh'nai mikvehah targum obligation, I think it'll work. Why? Because the bottom line is even though you were in the midst of p'suket izimra, you read those p'sukim and you had in mind that you want to apply it, you want it to work towards your obligation of sh'nai Mikra. And conceptually, Rav says, and it's no different than what Chazal tells us, as we're going to see now in one of two places, but in two places, where you can actually fulfill your obligation of Torah study by reciting Kriyashma. So Rav Asher says, just like Chazal teaches us, as Gmar says in Dharm Emenachos, that when you're saying Kriyashma in the morning and night, that fulfills your obligation of Talmud Torah for the day. So just like over there, Kriya Shema, Davening, and Tamatora can overlap, and they can coexist, In the same reading can apply to both. So too we say that, says Rav HaShuaiz, the same thing should be true of Pesuket Azimra and Az Yashir. You should be able to read Az Yashir as part of Pesuket Azimra and have that apply to your obligation of Shnayim So that's what he says. So now being that, this is now becomes a very important precedent this idea that I should be able to, and this is a precedent which we find in Chazal, explicitly, that I should be able to go ahead and fulfill my obligation of, uh, of Kriya Shema and Talmud Torah with the recitation of Shema. So let's see what exactly the Gemara says. So this now, this is source number four over here. This is the Gemara in Menachos Tzadites HaMavis. Amar Yochanan Mishum Ben Yochai. So Yochanan Ben Yochai says, even in the event that a person only reads Kriyashma in the morning and at nighttime, so he makes it for Shachris and for Marv, says Kriyashma, he has fulfilled the obligation of that you should not cease learning. So we're not talking about learning 24 hours a day, seven days a week, in order to fulfill your obligation of Talmud Torah. One will fulfill their obligation of Talmud Torah simply with the recitation of Kriyashma, which you were saying is part of davening anyways. That's the main chiddish. Now, what's interesting is, not even so much the statement of Rabbi Yochan, in the name of Shimon Yochai, but the follow-up to this is fascinating. We say, Vidavarza ze asa name ro bifneim However, you should not tell Amaratzim, you should not tell people who are ignorant of Torah, that they will fulfill their obligation of Torah study just by saying Kriya in and Shachris and Marv. Don't tell that to them. We'll see why you should not tell that to them. But then, the Rav Amar, Rava comes along and says, I disagree. Mitzvah the Omro Amar you should tell amaratsim that they fulfill their obligation of Torah study by saying Kriya Shema as part of Shachris and Marv. So here we have this fascinating idea that you could go ahead and the Gebar says definitively, Rebbe Yochalei Leim Shimon Yochai says definitively that one does fulfill the mitzvah of Talmud Torah by just saying Kriyashma. And then we have a follow-up debate about that, whether or not this is something which should be publicized or should it not be publicized. Should we be posting this on the internet and letting everybody find out what it says, or should this be left out and we should not go ahead and publish this year? Inquiring minds want to know. Now, what's a pshat in this uh, this debate over here? So Rashi says, what's the rationale behind those who say that you should not publicize this idea, don't tell people that they can fulfill their obligation of Torah study by simply davening Shachris and Marv, where they say Shema." So he said, because Shalom Yomar," very simply, Because if people find out that all they need to do to fulfill the obligation of Torah study is just recite Kriya as part of Shachris and you know what's going to happen? They'll have no incentive and no drive and no motivation to train their children, to raise their children to want to study more Torah. So this will be seen as an easy way out. Why should I go ahead and have to attend Shir Thursday night 8.30 8.30 Central Standard Time, uh, 9.30 on the East Coast, when I could go ahead and I could just make sure that I dive in Marv, and in, Ar- in, Mar- uh, in uh, Marv, and as long as I dive in chakras so then I don't have to go ahead and uh, spend time doing the uh, spending time in Sheer. So since we don't want people to not attend the Shir, so let's go ahead and let's conceal this Halacha and not let people know that they technically fulfilled their obligation by saying Krishma. Okay. So that makes sense. Those of us who give sheer, we understand why we wouldn't want to go ahead and publicize that because then nobody would show up to shir. So what would be the rationale of the other opinion, the one who says that, the Rava's opinion, who says that it's a mitzvah to tell people that they fulfill their obligation of Talmud Torah simply by saying Krishma in the morning and at night? So Rashi explains, the Savar, Rava's of the opinion, Mishum Krishma Shema notel the person will think to himself, listen, everybody knows, we say uh, every morning, the Talmud Torah Kineged Kulam, that the reward that one has for Torah study is enormous. So a person will think to himself, if the, I, I know that the reward for Torah study is something which is enormous, and I also know that I fulfill that mitzvah of Talmud Torah with that enormous reward, simply by saying Kriya morning and evening. Ki'az tatzlech ez And that way, I will be successful in my ways and in my life and all sorts of good things. And the person will say, you know what, if I want to maximize my returns... So if I learn more than the minimum, more than just Kriya Shema, Shachris, and Arvis, and I learn extra after Shachris, and I learn before Mincha, and I learn after Mincha, and before Marv, and after Marv, and the 7 o'clock center standard time on Tuesdays, 8 o'clock on the East Coast, and then Thursday at 8.30 and 9.30, so so all the more so will there be this enormous reward, Umargil ezban of the Talmud Torah, and it's going to be like compounding interest, the miracle of compounding interest, that you'll have all of this time which is spent studying Torah, and... It just keeps growing exponentially, and a person will be excited to raise his children with an interest and a motivation to go ahead and to to study Torah, because that way they're going to get enormous, enormous returns on their efforts, and this would actually be a motivator towards Torah study, rather than something which is going to diminish a person's interest and drive to go ahead and uh, study Torah, because they'll be looking for the easy way out. Okay? Now on this, now we have a fascinating thing related to this, and this takes us to a different time of the year, but it's a very interesting question, which I hadn't really uh, considered before, so I was excited to see the question. So this is from a set called Daf al-Daf, it's not so important who the author is, but somebody who has an incredible knowledge of sfarim. And not only has he read tons of sarem, but apparently he remembers what he read and is able to collate all the different things that she read and puts them together into a nice little neat little package. So he writes as follows: Hagon, Rev, I think it's Baruch Shimon Schneerson Zatzal. So this is the Chabina Rav he says Besif Rabirka Shimon or Shimon Baruch Shimon. He says Al Ir of Yom HaKippur. Okay, he says he asks a question. Mashlo Nikva Benusach al he says, we know that on Yom Kippur, we go through the Alchet. We say in the Alchet, we say uh, a different sin for uh, two sins for every letter of the Aleph base. So it's a pretty exhaustive list of sins which a person may have committed. And surprisingly, when you think about it, there's no mention of the sin of Bittel Torah. What happened to the sin of bitul Torah? Bitul Torah is one of the bad averas which a person could commit, wasting time from Torah study when he could have used it more productively. And it's noticeably absent. And in koka harbein base And we mention so many different sins because we double up on the olive base, and it's not mentioned at all bitul Torah. And the Gemara Chazal speak very strongly about how severe the Avera of Bittal Torah is. So why is it that whoever uh, drafted the text for the Alchit didn't include Alchit Shechatanu Bittal Torah? That would have been an easy one to go ahead and include. So he says, Yesh uh, Omer Tzachos. So he says, in sort of a joking manner, but not completely joking, he says, He says, the nature of tshuva is, again, we're not in the season, but he says, the nature of tshuva is, is that through the atonement for the sin, what it does is it removes the sin, and we consider it as if you never did it. So, if a person ate something they're not supposed to eat and they do tshuva, it's as if they didn't eat that tray of food. If a person went ahead and did whatever a it is that they did and they do tshuva, so we consider as if the sin was not committed. But he says we're going to run into a problem with Bitl Torah, Avabit Torah, but when it comes to Torah study, Shemavad Mitzvah's Limut Torah, besides the Mitzvah of Torah study per se, Yesha mitzvah Shavichishas there's also an element of the mitzvah or a dimension of the mitzvah which is the accumulation of Torah knowledge part of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is not just to read words of Torah and none of them get committed to memory part of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah is to accumulate large amounts of Torah knowledge in one's head so if you do, if a person committed the Aveyor of bittel Torah and he does it, so it's as if he was not Mvatal Torah Okay, but what happened to all of the knowledge which he should have acquired? Tshuva isn't going to automatically give you access to that download. And you're going to be able to download those tens of hours of Torah study into your head. They, they, they can't be replicated because the time is gone. And therefore, through the, through, uh, the, one of the consequences of Bittu Torah is Torah knowledge, which you should have accumulated. It cannot be uh, rebuilt. And therefore, it doesn't fit into the regular category of tshuva, like the other alchets, where all you need to do is just apologize for the sin, and you'll be forgiven and treated as if it never happened. Okay, that is what the tshubina rav said. Then, this Sefer al daf he quotes from Reb and he says that, um, he says a similar idea, quoting our Gemara. And he says, he quotes the idea from Rabbi Yochanan, that if a person reads Kriya Shema only in the morning and at night, so they fulfill their mitzvah. And then the Gemara said that this matter, we'll jump into the middle of the paragraph here, he says, that you're not allowed to go ahead and make this declaration or publicize the Salah in front of Amaratzim. And Rashi explained that the reason why you don't want to publicize this in front of Amar Ratzin is so that they should not become lazy and say, listen, why should I put any effort into Torah study? All I need to do is dive in Shachris in the morning, Marv in night, and in the course of Shachris and Marv, I'll end up saying Kriyashma, and that fulfills my obligation. So why should I put in any effort further than that? So Reb explained further, V'hu he explained, Granted, there's one element of the mitzvah of Torah study which can be fulfilled when you go ahead and you say Kriya Shema in the morning at the night. night. But that's going to be the one dimension of Torah study which is simply studying Torah. So one dimension, the simplest dimension of the mitzvah, is just to sit there and study Torah. Aval Yedias Torah. But what about the other dimension of Torah study, which is accumulating Torah knowledge? So there, the person will be lacking. If if all you do for your mitzvah of Torah is say, Kriyashma, you're not going to accumulate any additional Torah knowledge, and the person will remain in Amaretz. And therefore, it's for that reason, explains Reb Tzadok, the reason why you're not allowed to tell Amaratzim that they fulfill the mitzvah simply by saying Kriya Shema in the morning and night is because they may get one element of the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, but they're not going to get the other element, which is accumulating Torah knowledge. Because they're going to think that they can also fulfill the mitzvah of Tamu Torah fully. Simply by saying Kriya Shema in the morning and night, and they will never realize that there's an uh, there's a a uh, a facet of Torah study which they are lacking, which is Yedia Satora, knowledge of Torah ideas, and therefore you don't want to tell them that because that will lead them to that misimpression that you don't need to accumulate Torah knowledge, and they'll be perfectly content being Amaratz. Rabbi Rabbi Schaffer. I don't want to yes. get you off the track, and if this is too far afield, please just say that. But okay. I to me, if when you asked the question, what occurred to me originally is I think that all of the al that I can think of are things that men and women are equally, you know, if they, uh, they transgressed any of those things, they're basically transgressions in the same way but i'm not sure is Bittel torah for the same thing for men and women um it's not um i have to go back uh and um and look over them and see whether all of them are um gender neutral that'd be an interesting there'll be another interesting answer to go ahead and uh and propose for uh, uh, for that as an explanation for that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. That's a, that, that, that's an interesting that's that's an interesting uh, um, uh, idea. Okay, we'll remember that. Uh, you know, since Bob, you have a memory, so you'll remind us come uh, uh, Yom Kippur time this year. Okay. <laughs> All right. No, no, note to self. Okay, now, th- so that was, so what we did until now was basically the first tshuva that Rav Asher Weiss wrote about this topic, where he said that in his opinion, it should actually work. You should be able to have in mind while you're saying Pesuket e Zimra, I want this reading to not only count towards Pesuket Zimra, I want it to count towards my Shnai Mikavecha Targum Obligation, and that's what he wrote in the first volume of his tshuvas. In the second volume of his tshuvas, he records that somebody challenged him about this notion, that you should be able to use your reading of Pesuket Zimra towards your obligation of Shnei Mekvecha Targum. And the main thrust of that challenge was Source 7 over here, the Chachma Shlomo, this is of Shlomo Kluger, in Hilchos, uh, in Hilchos uh, Purim, or Hilchos Kriyasa Megillah. And we're jumping a little bit into his discussion, but this is the main part. He says, Yei Pimashikasav to be sefer he says that we can explain this idea, and he's explaining a tour which you don't need to uh, explore so much. But he says that what you found he wrote in his safer, the kushas Olam. He says that there's a question that the Velt asks. There's a well-known question which is asked about the a Gemara in Megillah, which says, Ma Rabusa Tamatora. Because the Gemara makes a declaration that we're mevatel, in Shulchan Aruch Paskins this way, that we're mevatel Torah for Mikra Megillah, Which means that, if necessary, we will suspend our Torah study in order to go ahead and hear the Megillah being read. So you're in the middle of sitting there studying Chumash, you're in the middle of there studying Mishnah, or Yomi, whatever it is, and it comes time to read the Megillah, you close your Sefer, Bittal Torah, in order to go ahead and hear the Megillah being read. So, everybody wants to know what does that mean that you're Mevatel Talmud Torah in order to hear the Megillah? Hari Megillah, not Torah. Megillah's Esther is part of Tanakh. A lot of people spend a lot of time studying the Megillah, which is certainly part of Talmud Torah. So, why does the Gemara say that we're Mevatel Talmud Torah to hear the Megillah being read? Megillah reading is also part of Talmud Torah. You're learning the story, and all of the drushes which Chazal uh, made on all of those p'sukim. How can it be that the Gemara does not consider uh, the Megillah to be a chalik, a portion of Talmud Torah? It is part of Tanakh. So, many answers to this. But the Rav Shomel Kluger writes, the Chachma Shomel writes, I wrote, He establishes a principle. And he says that the principle is, is that you cannot have in mind, with one act, two different things. Meaning, because because if when you hear the Megillah being read, you have in mind, I'm hereby studying Torah, I'm studying Tanakh. So if when you listen to the Megillah being read, what you're thinking is, I'm studying Tanakh, then it doesn't count towards Megillah reading. Because you're not doing Megillah reading, you're studying Nach. And if you sit down and you have in mind Mikra Megillah, I am hereby fulfilling the mitzvah of reading the Megillah and Makayim about Talmud Torah. So then you are not fulfilling the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Look over there, says Hashem Kluger, where I brought all sorts of Raya's, all sorts of proofs to this principle. But the main thing for, the main challenge over here to Rav Asher Weiss is, that shoma Kluger says very clearly that you cannot go ahead and use one action and apply it to two different things. I can't do Megillah reading and say it's Talmud Torah and Megillah reading. Either it's Megillah reading or it's Talmud Torah. But it cannot be both. And by the same token, the, the one who, who challenged Rav Asher Weiss said, the same thing should be true for Az Yashar and Sukkot Zimra. Either it's Pesukin or it's Shnayim Targum. but how could you go ahead and say that's going to be both Pesukin Zimra and Shnayim Mekavechatargum? Roshamim Kluger says that that things don't work that way. You cannot double dip for towards two different obligations in that way, and therefore, doesn't this mean that you, Ravasha Weiss, are wrong and you should retract? Okay, so Ravasha Weiss uh, took this in stride. And he says as follows. Now this is from a different sefer of his, where he isn't even addressing the point. But we're going to read this and then get to how he addresses the point directly. And he says, oops Sorry. So this is from his sefer on Chumash. So he's got five volumes on Chumash, uh, which are they're technically on Chumash, but they're more halachic discussions based on the parsha. But it's really, it's a, it's like a chuva safer, just he went in the order of Chumash. He says, he says we could say, b'had the tamu torah he says that which chazal say that we are Torah, that we put aside our Torah study in order to fulfill the Mitzvah of Megillah, Dav Mikra Mamish, Torah, even though when you're hearing the Megillah read, you are studying Torah. Mikomakum he says there is an element of Bittu Torah when you go to Megillah reading. What's the element of Bittu Torah for Megillah reading? So he says very creatively and very practically, he says, because He says, first of all, you have to leave your office where you're studying Torah and you got to drive to shore. So driving to shul is, you're not studying Torah, you're driving, hopefully, and not going into a house. And also on top of that, um, uh, Purim night, so it may be very crowded, so it may take you some time to find a parking spot. And certainly when you're frustrated that you can't find a parking spot, you're not learning Torah, you are being frustrated zman And even if you read it in your own base matters, somebody has to go down to the uh, somewhere and they have to retrieve the Megillah. And while they run down to retrieve the Megillah, that also wastes some time. So he says that when you're going to Megillah reading, inevitably, there's going to be a lot of downtime where you're not hearing the Megillah read and you're also not studying Torah. And he says, "Val elu amru," and it's in reference, not to the Megillah reading per se. The Megillah reading per se is Talmud Torah, but it's in reference to these time wasters before and after that Hazal said. Even though going to shul to hear the Megillah read is going to involve a waste of time, nonetheless, that waste of time is necessary in order to go hear the Megillah read. And then he makes a beautiful diuk. And I've always wondered about this, so that's why I was uh, particularly excited to uh, to see him point this out. He says, And he says, this actually is, very, is supported if you read very carefully and precisely the words of the Gemara. Because the Gemara says, based on the psukim, whatever they are is not so important. But in Rabbi's Rebbe's household, they said, Ubain mikra should uh, uh, emphasize that word. He says that we're and we come in order to hear the Megillah reading. Why is the word Ubain there? Just say The sentence would make perfect sense without the word ubain in the middle of there. We arrive to hear it. Why is that word there? So he says, because it must be haray torah because the Bital Torah, which we're discussing over here, which you have to go through even to fulfill the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah, is the Bittu Torah not of Megillah reading, but it's the Bittu Torah of traveling to Megillah reading. Okay, so that's how he wants to say that maybe that's what's really going on. That really, he said, Rav Asher White says that I consider Mikra Megillah to be a form of Talmud Torah. You fulfill the mitzvah because you're studying Tanakh. You're hearing Tanakh being read. Why should that be different than any other Kriya Torah, which is considered to be a part of Talmud Torah? Anytime we hear something which is read from Tanakh and Shul, it's always considered to be Talmud Torah. So why does Chazal say that we're a Vatel Talmud Torah to hear the Megillah reading? So a of Asher Weiss, I have an interesting explanation for that, and that is the Bittu Torah isn't the reading of the Megillah, it's what happens before and after, all the time wasted as you're getting ready to read the Megillah, even that you have to endure in order to hear the Megillah. And that, as he said, it works out very nicely in the language of the Gemara. But then acknowledges Rav Asho because he's very honest, I mean, that's one of the things that we um, like about him in particular. He's not afraid to admit the weaknesses of his argument. He says, Ach <laughs> He says, this may be the explanation that we give for Mikra Megillah, why Chazal referred to Bito Torah in reference to Mikra Megillah. But when it comes to Kriya you don't have the same thing. Dalo in because you don't have to say it b'tzibur, nor do you have to read it from a Torah scroll. Each individual could go ahead and do the mitzvah on his own. And therefore, what bit Torah is there in the recitation of Kriyashma? So whatever bit Torah there is in going to a Megillah reading, none of that applies for Kriyashma. And therefore, it's going to be a little difficult to understand why it is that saying Kriyashma is considered to be some sort of uh, um, uh, uh, um um, um. Why? Why somebody may say that it's not considered to be Torah study. Okay. So now, what's his conclusion from here? So says Rav Weiss. So he he's now responding. So he quoted in this chuva, This now chelik base Simon yudalef. So in this chuva, he now says that listen, I'm familiar with the Rav Shmuel Kluger. You know, there's a lot to say about Rav Shmuel Kluger and his assertion that. When you're doing one act of reading, for example, you cannot count it towards two different things. You cannot count it the same way he said that it's not going to work for Megillah reading. Sorry, over here. Uh, where he says not going to work for uh, for Megillah reading because uh, either it's Talmud Torah or it's Mikra Megillah, but cannot be both. So if Asher, says, first of all, there's a lot to disagree about that. And it seems to me that most Aharon disagree with Hav Kluger. So just because of Shomel Kluger says you can't do two things at once, that doesn't necessarily make it so. It doesn't mean that we pass in that way. But then he says, He says, He says, But even if we get, grant Rav Kluger his assertion that either it's Talmud Torah or it's Mikramagilla, and it cannot be both, still that's not going to change my opinion about whether or not you could go ahead and say Psuket Zimra. Read Az Yasher as part of Psuket Zimra, and have in mind that that should apply towards your obligation of Shnei Targum, because Efshar, the Shiny Shnei Mekavecha Targum mitzvahs Talmud Torah. He says because it may very well be that the mitzvah Shnei Targum is different than uh, than the than the mitzvah of Talmud Torah. Uh, sorry, it may very well be that that may be true. Where Shoma Kluger's assertion, sorry, Shoma Kluger's assertion may be true when we're trying to balance Mikra Megillah and Talmud Torah, that those two things are very different from one another, and you would not be able to get credit for Mikra, the reading of uh, of the Megillah, together with the mitzvah of Talmud Torah, because those are two different things by their very nature. But that has nothing to do with what we talked about before in terms of Shnai Mikvech Targum because of the, uh, by the rabbi. We have a precedent to the idea that you could do two things at the same time. And that is the fact that you could be teaching and getting credit for your Shnai Mikra all at the same time, all in one act. And we don't know, need to go ahead and elaborate on that any further. But he says, but he says, I am not swayed by Rav Shomal Kluger and his, uh, his argument that you shouldn't be able to do uh, that, one reading should be able to count towards two different things at the same time. And I think that I'm going to stick with, stand by my original position. Dim kriya. That if while you say Az Yashir, this Shabbos morning, you have in mind that that reading should also count towards your obligation of Shai Kavecha Targum. Shapir Mahani, it will indeed be beneficial. It will indeed work. But now he adds a qualification to this, which it's not a new qualification. He's just emphasizing it in case somebody did not realize that uh, the, was not sensitive to this uh, over the course of the discussion. He says, It only works if you've already done targum all the way up in, in the Parsha of bishalach all the way up until Az yasher. So you did everything before Az Yashir at home, and now you get to Shul, and you're saying Pesukah to Zimra in this Az Yasher, and you have in mind, oh, I'm going to have this count towards my obligation of Shai Mikavecha Targum at the same time. So since anyways in your review of Shai Echad Targum you were up to this spot, then you could go ahead and you could apply your Pesukah to Zimra reading towards your Shine Echad Targum reading. Shahare because and the reason why it has to be done, uh, it has to be that you've done the rest of the parsha up until that point is. Because in order to fulfill the mitzvah, you have to read the parsha in order. You can't read Shvi'i and then Rishon and then Shishi and then Shani and then Chamishi and then Shlishi and then Durvi. It doesn't work that way, even though at the end of the day you read the entire parsha twice with all of the other uh, Targum, but it has to be done in sequence. And therefore, Vilola Haktim, you can't read things ahead of time, or Esam and you can't read things out of order, as the Mishabur explains elsewhere, and therefore the only way this is going to work, where you're going to be able to get credit for Shnei Mikra Vechatargum by your reading, uh, is only if that's what you were up to in your Shnei Mikra anyways, then it would actually work, he's going to maintain his position that it will work, Rav Shomel Kluger may very well say that it does not work, but Rav Asher Weiss was not swayed by that argument at all, and he felt that uh, that it would work. So, for those of you who may this Shabbos be up to that point in your Shai Mikvech Targum, so you can go ahead and you can save that one reading of it for the uh for Psukin and Zimra. Assuming so you get to Sholan time, we'll be able to say all oh, Psukin Zimra, including Az Yashir. That's one of the things which gets dropped uh, pretty early on when a person comes late. But assuming that all of these things fall into place, so now we have the perfect storm where you'll be able to go ahead and double dip in terms of your Psuka Zimra and Schnein Mikra. And that certainly deserves a Shul and Kiddush with some potato kugel. Thank you, Rabbi Shaffel. I just wanted to tell you that the school bus going into yeah. someone's house <laughs> yes.